the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. The next month might be more important for the Arizona Diamondbacks than we realized. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher as well on the Ain't No Fang podcast. Thanks so much for checking us out this week. Um, The trade deadline we talked a little bit about, I think, last week in context of, you know, who could be possible uh, pieces to sell. I think that there's an important discussion to be had around the opposite side of the coin, which is could they possibly go out and acquire some pieces if they're still in contention for a wild card spot? And I think, as evidenced by the appearance on Wolf and Luke by Mike Hazen this week, he basically said, it's time to win now. Like, we need to win games now, and that the next month will help determine what this team looks like and what they decide to do at the deadline. Yeah, and they had a rough stretch there for a while um, on their road trip. Uh, they lost they lost a series to the Pirates, and then they lost did they yeah they lost the series to Cincinnati in Cincinnati I'm pretty sure um I mean the last time we did a podcast I think they were three games out of the wild card spot they're now six and a half games out of the third wild card spot they're 30 and 35 an off day today Thursday um they host the Minnesota Twins over the weekend and the Twins aren't too shabby honestly um but I think they're a first place team right now are they really I think they're leading the AL Central, aren't they? They are. You're right. Yeah. 37 and 28. The White Sox really fell off. They're a game under 500. Tony LaRusso uh, on the hot seat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just saying. He walked someone with two strikes. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Diamondbacks, 30 and 35, six and a half games out of a wild card spot now. Um, so I... I <sighs> And Mike Hazen, uh, like you said, was on Wolf and Luke. And then he also talked to Steve Gilbert, MLB.com. I think also he talked to Nick Picora of the Arizona Republic. He's talking to everybody. He just talks to everybody. He's, he had Except a for us. media frenzy this week. <laughs> I want to talk to Mike Hazen. Um, and, you know, he was asked about, you know, by Steve Gilbert and Picoro about the trade deadline. He said, quote, I don't think the course has manifested itself. I think I still think we have some time to go. I think I've been pretty consistent at past deadlines. We need to be in a position to do those types of things, meaning buy. The team is going to dictate how we are kind of looking at things. I want to win as many games as possible. I want to compete until the end of the season for a playoff spot. So that's good to hear. Uh, it's good to hear that. I mean, they've they've kind of always said that, though, right? They want to compete. They've never said, "Hey, we're not. We're we're rebuilding. We're competing." No, that's not right. They got they've the never number two seen... pick last year. Yeah, but they weren't tanking. No, they were just really bad. Twenty twenty trade deadline, they were tanking. Yes, maybe not trying to intentionally lose games. I don't but giving away pieces you didn't think were going to be there long term. I don't think last year where they tied their season uh, single season record for losses was on purpose. I think the team was just that bad. Um and they didn't make very good additions in the offseason with Azdrubal Cabrera. I mean very underwhelming guy. Azdrubal Cabrera, Joaquim Soria and Tyler Clippard. I mean it's kind of been the same way this year. That was the year. whole offseason. Yeah, that it, was it. It's kind of been that way this year with the offseason moves anyway. I mean Mark Melanson and Ian Kennedy, Jordan Luplo they traded for. Um, but the team, and especially the younger guys, have played much better. 
and it's they've been pleasantly uh, a, a a pleasant surprise. Um, I'm pretty sure they didn't win their 30th game of the season until after the All Star break last year or something like that. Um, so they're already. And, and that's what's making it actually fun to watch this team because they they are improving, they are winning some games, they are pitching well again. Um, the bullpen, I mean, Melanson and Kennedy have not been great. They've gotten the job done for the most part. Melanson has been horrible in non-safe situations. We've already talked about that a lot. Um, but I mean, he's getting knocked around. He doesn't have swing and miss stuff. He throws a ninety-one mile an hour cut fastball. It's not a great pitch. Um, and he's not locating very well, and it gets hit hard. Um, but the rest of the bullpen is Joe. Joe Mantiply is like a god right now. Like the dude never gives up a run. I said earlier, I think he might be the second best left-handed reliever in the game. With Josh, I'm Hader referring being to the Josh first. Hader. Yeah. Josh Hader clearly is the more established. Yeah, and he's the cl- and he's might the have an argument for better that. numbers. Yeah, I mean, Noe Ramirez has been solid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, JB Wendelkin has been okay at times, eh. um, but yeah, I mean, Mantiplies the piece. Mantiplies is yeah, he's the guy. Um, so, but yeah, that we still have now. The trade deadline this year is what August second or I something. I think that's right. Yeah, um, which is weird. It's usually July thirty first, but it's pushed back this year because we started the season late. I guess I don't know. Um, we'll part see. Of the CBA. We'll see what happens next year when there's not a lockout. Hopefully, um, there shouldn't be. But there shouldn't ne- be one for a while. You never know with Major League Baseball. I don't know, dude. We're still getting arbitration. I know in it's so June. St- Aaron Judge still hasn't doesn't know what he's making this year, and he's probably going to win the AL MVP. Yeah, but that's all for last year. You can't um, convince me that a <laughs> panel of three arbitrators doesn't realize. How good he is this like, season. Don't look at 2022. Don't look at 2022. And then don't it's look not going to affect yeah, their thought process. Exactly. He's Somehow. On, he's on pace for like 65 home runs. Good for him. Um, but, Make your money, dude. But yeah, Mike Hazen's right. He said, you know, that the team is going to dictate what we do at the trade deadline. Like I said, there's at this point, as we stand, what's today? June 16th. They are six and a half games out of the third wild card spot. At this point, if the dra- if the trade deadline was tomorrow or this week they would be selling um i mean six and a half games doesn't sound like a lot but it kind of is well too, let's you know? say let's fast forward a month to okay. july 16th okay. i don't know what days the the all-star break is but let's just for, fast forward the a month. all-star i can tell you oh do you have it i can tell you by looking at it doesn't really schedule. matter for this but it does to me steve <laughs> you asked about it and you matter I thought you had this right in front of you. I do. Shut up. Uh, the All-Star break, the All-Star break is uh, July 18th through the 21st. Okay, so let's fast forward a month. You're right around the All-Star break. Let's say you're still six and a half out. That's about the time you got to start making the call. Like, okay, it's it's now or never. It's time. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's two th- weeks ahead of the deadline. Yeah. If your team... So what's your number then? What what Well if you're if you're two weeks how, out from the deadline and you're away, down ten games Okay, that's sell. That's sell. That's, that is Wall Street. Sell, sell, please. Now where it gets tougher is if we're a month from today and we're two weeks away from the trade deadline essentially, and you're in the same spot, six, six and, a half and a half games out of the wild card, that's a tough call. Yeah. 
And who's to say that you even wait that long? Some teams make earlier trades in an attempt to whittle down that six and a half number. Mike Hazen has done that. They've when done he, it before. When he got J.D. Martinez, he that trade was made a few weeks before the trade deadline. Was that a July mistaken. trade or a June trade? I think it was July, but it was early July. I can't okay. remember, actually. Um when that trade no, was. No, but you're but. right. I mean, they tried to capitalize on as much time as they could get with a player who they knew they weren't going to be able to keep in the long run. I mean, yeah. I guess they might have explored keeping him, but we can get down that road later. I think that Mike Hazen is being very honest here when he says, we don't know what we're going to do yet because we got to see what happens. I mean, they got the Twins, a first place team yeah. in their next series. Then they've got the Padres. That's a good team without mm-hmm. their best player, by the way. Right. You've got the Tigers. Eh, okay, they're not that great. You got the Padres again. Then you got the Rockies. Then the Giants are pretty good. Then the Rockies again. They've got some tough matchups yeah. coming up. And not that I'm super worried about the Rockies, but I mean, but they always some of those other teams the, are the tough. The Rockies always play Tough though they they never just lay over and lose you know what I mean right. and they always play the Diamondbacks tough I feel like too um, but and then there's the 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 possibility because Hazen has done this before where you go into a deadline and you both buy and sell in 2019 he traded Zach Granke away and we're like oh okay and then all of a sudden Zach Gallen is here too for Jazz Chisholm so that same it was the same day. Yeah, that was. It was the same day. They traded. So they traded for Zach Gallen first. Earlier. In they the traded day. Jazz Chisholm for Zach Gallen. And we're like, okay. I, I didn't know who Zach Gallen was, but I'm like, I know who Jazz Chisholm is, and that's our number one prospect. So what? And then it was one of those after the deadline passed, it got reported. It was a couple minutes and after. And it was just yeah. like, I think I remember re- it was Ken Rosenthal's like, Granky traded to Houston. That was it. Like, that was the, that was the tweet. I'm like, Oh, so okay. I, I see your point. You're on the one hand, you're selling Granky. On the other hand, you're, you're buying buying gallon for the long of. term, right? And that's what something uh, Steve Gilbert uh, added in his piece later. Um, he says Hazen tends to view the trade deadline as a way to get a jump on the off season and given where the D backs are in their building process, if they are buyers this year. They would likely be looking for a player that still has some years of club control. I mean, that makes sense. That's that's interesting to me, though, because especially where they are, like they're not competing for the division title. They're competing for the third wild card spot. A chance to a get a chance in. to get into a three game series with the best team in your league, which is the Dodgers. If right, the Dodgers. I'm pretty sure they have still have the best record. Pretty sure, yeah. They'll probably end up with the best record too. Let's I mean they have some injuries, but who knows? Um, but they're not they're not competing, like they're not like perennial perennially competing for the division. If the new CBA didn't add a third wild card spot, and we wouldn't even be talking about this because they would be nowhere close to a wild card they spot. They might actually already be sellers by now if there were no third wild Maybe. card. Maybe. So Or at least making that decision a little sooner. The third wild card's here and they have a chance at it. Cool. But yeah, so that makes sense. Like you, you don't want to give up the farm for a rental. Like in 2017, I mean, they didn't trade any top prospects for JD Martinez, but he was a rental. He was only here for half a season, and then he signed with Boston. But that paid off. They they won the division that year. Or no, they didn't. They didn't win the division. They made the wild card game. That was worth it back then because they really overperformed. I think. 
Remember when they were? Remember when Tori Lovello and Mike Hazen were hired? They're like, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna really build the farm system. They have, but yeah, it's good. That was system. their whole like, oh, they're gonna come in and make them good in the far- farm system again. And then all of a sudden, the Diamondbacks went out and won ninety something games. You know, so that first year, you're yeah, talking about 2017. 2017. So I, yeah, Tori wins Manager of the Year. Yep. Uh, that draft class was one of the better ones that I remember. Robbie Ray had a really good season. Yeah. Archie Bradley had a good season. Paul Goldschmidt, of course. I could see a scenario where, again, the Hazen special, if you want to call it that, is is a little bit of buying, a little bit of selling. I could see a scenario where you sell from your depth. I mean, the whole reason they did the Jazz Chisholm for mm-hmm. Zach Gallon deal is because you didn't really have any consistency in your rotation. Right. But you did already kind of have shortstop locked up. And Jazz Chisholm was the shortstop at the time. Yeah. Now, granted, he turned into one of the more exciting second basemen in the game. Can't hit a lefty, but he hits righties really, really well. Yeah. It all evens out. I mean, that guy's going to be an all-star. Um, and I understand that trade now because I look back at it and say, okay, you had a surplus of one position. You traded somebody who's good at that position, is good at infield, clearly. But you got somebody else who was good. Is there another perfect trade like that? Like very rarely in any sport do you see a trade one for one where it works out for both. Right. So far, that one's worked out for both. You can make the argument one way or the other. Jazz is more exciting than Zach. Okay, Zach's more uh, has been better when he's healthy than Jazz. Okay, I could see that too. But I could see a scenario where they trade from some outfield depth. They have. They've got a ton of minor league outfielders. They have so many. and guess what? They're all left-handed hitters. So <laughs> They have a ton of left-handed hitting <laughs> at the major league level. I know. Um, could you move a guy like a... I mean, he's young and somewhat controllable, but could you move a Pavin Smith? A guy who is kind of blocked at several positions? That's assuming you keep Christian Walker at first base. That move, to me... Could move David Peralta. You could move. We've, we've talked about that. Pavin Smith... Is interesting because, like you said, he has years of control, obviously. He but he's had a really subpar season this year, and I don't know what you would get for him. I mean, it would just be a move to just free up some space for a younger player to come up, like which Cor- doesn't like, make a lot of like sense. Corbin Carroll. But I don't think they're calling up Corbin Carroll this year. He's in Double A. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to do that. He, no, they'll either. probably. I don't think he'll make the leap. From double A to the majors, I think they that they don't really nobody really does that anymore. Honestly, double A to the majors. Yeah, I mean, um, ha- rarely maybe it happens, but it's happened. It's happened before. But I want to say one of the big names that started the year this year on the major league club jumped from double A, but I can't remember who it was on the Diamondbacks. No, 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 no. I was thinking oh. like Julio Rodriguez or something. Oh, oh, but I don't know maybe. that for a fact. Um, but. It's not something that happens a ton, so I think they want to see what Corbin Carroll does at AAA. He's tearing up AA right now. Um, He's probably the best prospect in baseball yeah. this year, statistically speaking. Yeah, so, I mean, trading Pavin Smith would just be a move to, like, maybe someone like, I don't know where Dominic Fletcher is or or uh, Canzone is. Oh, at what level? Yeah. Are they at AAA? I thought Canzone was in AAA. Yeah. I'm not sure um, about that, though. Maybe it frees up a guy like... Stone Garrett, who's hitting really well in the minor leagues right now. He's a right-handed bat. He's, I believe, a left fielder. They don't have any of those. No. The right-handed bats? What's that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> besides the switch hitters they have that bat right-handed when they have to. Well, you have Christian Walker. Carson Kelly. Carson Kelly, who's Jordan, been out for a Jordan long time. Jordan Luplo is a right-handed hitter. Yeah. Um, that's about I mean, it. Nick Ahmed's, Nick Ahmed's hurt, out. But, yeah. So. That's it. 
Yeah. Um, On the whole team. <laughs> by the way, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but Nick Ahmed has had surgery or is having surgery on his shoulder. Yeah, last I read is they hope to get him back by the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I don't know about Nick Ahmed. But what do you mean? I don't know if we'll see him again. I thought that about Luke Weaver too, but here he is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no. I, well, if you want to transition to Luke Weaver really quick, I also did not expect him to come back so quick. So when you and I, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how they placed him on the 60-day IL. Yeah. I guess I didn't really account for the fact How long that, he'd been out already. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that you can move to different lists. Well. And the time you've already served counts towards I feel it. Like, I feel like the 60-day DL slash IL used to be like, oh, you're screwed. Yeah. You're, like, you're, you're out gone. for the year. Right. But now they literally, they'll just use it for roster spot control. On you know, I mean Luke Weaver had been on probably the 15 day injury list since opening day, and then they put him on the 60 day to bring somebody to the 40 man roster and bring them up. And then now that he's back, they had to DFA. I think Drew Ellis. Well, I think it also but, works out for timing purposes too. I mean, if if the guy's been on the 15 day for yeah. three times in a row or whatever, yeah, and he only needs another week. Put them on the 60. Put them on the 60, use it retroactively, yeah, and right. then that way you don't have to lose them for two so, weeks. You lose them for one. I mean, I don't think we've seen the last of Nick Ahmed. I think, I mean, he's still under contract for what? Next season. Two more years? I want to see. I want to say next season. Let me I look that be, up I could be wrong fast. about that. I want to say he's making like $8 million this year and ten next year or Let me something look that like up that. Real quick. He's one of their higher paid position players, if not the highest. Because they well, gave him an extension, they Marte's don't give a lot of extensions. Marte's contract out. kicks in at some point. Yes, where he'll be the he'll be the highest paid. That's true. Um, here, let me click on his contract. Details. I hope we see Nick Ahmed again. Nick Ahmed's under contract for two more years. Really? Or, I'm sorry, one more year. Okay, one more. That's one more. What I'm I sorry. I was reading this year as next year, but he's he's under contract for next year, 2023, for 10 million dollars. Okay, that's what I thought. And then he's a free agent in 2024. Um, so I don't know. I mean, just being honest. With Perdomo up, and it's not like Perdomo's lighting the world on fire. Don't get me wrong. I'd like He's the batting a average homers. to be higher. If he can, if he can uh, keep playing the Reds, yeah, uh, I'd like his career home runs have been against the Reds. I'd like for the average to be higher. But yeah. the guy gets on base effectively. He plays a pretty solid shortstop. Yeah, he's not a huge tick behind uh, Ahmed defensively. I know Ahmed is known for defense. Nick Ahmed doesn't hit whatsoever. And again, I'm not saying Perdomo does, but. I don't feel like we're missing a whole lot when Nick Ahmed is gone and Perdomo is there yeah. in his place. Um, something else Hazen said to um, Steve Gilbert was they were talking about uh, trying to get a more little more balance in their lineup because, like we've been talking about, they're seriously left-handed. Um, Hazen said, quote, it's been a focus of ours for a decent part of the, of the season. It's not something that's been available to us really to reconfigure that at times. But yes, we've been heavily loaded left-handed for the majority of the season. Getting a little more balanced makes some sense for the future. Probably makes more sense on the infield. But I still uh, I still think having right-handed hitting outfielders to spell regulars on those days is a way we could configure it too. I wouldn't say it's just the infield, but the infield is probably an easier path. So, so they're looking out- for right-handed infielders, yeah. possibly. Right-handed hitting infielders. Um, That's interesting. So I don't know where you put those guys, though, and who might be available. I don't know. Well, because it, at, b- before it was, 
man, they need a third baseman. But now Josh Rojas is back. He's playing a really good third base, by the way. He's been back for about a month and a half. Yeah, right? and he's he's hitting okay. He had a three-home run game in Chicago. Um, but he's playing a really good third. Uh, better than I thought he was going to be at third, to be honest with you. But maybe a, a middle infielder, because now Cattell Marte, he's got this hamstring tweak or whatever he's got. So let's address that real quick while we're on the topic. Okay. He left the game yesterday. Right. Yes, in, the ninth, in the ninth inning. He 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 scored a run and when he broke from third, he's uh, Tori Lovello said that Marte felt something in his hamstring. It didn't even sound like they're getting any imaging done on it, so they're hoping maybe just a little rest will heal it. So, so I don't but, know but I, as soon as I saw a hamstring, I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. Because Cattell Marte has had hamstring problems. It's a in recurring the past. thing, yeah. So today, the latest news, we got this from our own John Gambadoro reporting that he expects Buddy Kennedy to be called up. He's 23 years old. He's been in AAA Reno this season uh, exclusively. He expects him to be called up tomorrow and make his debut against Minnesota. Um, In AAA Reno so far this year, Buddy Kennedy has played 28 games at third base, 16 games at second base. So he's kind of that second-third combo, much like... Uh, many people have been for the Diamondbacks. And mm-hmm. Andrew Young was that. Uh, Josh Rojas has been mostly that. Uh, Eduardo Escobar was that. Uh, as Drupal Cabrera was kind of that. So he's going to be the latest of that. He's hitting 296, 384 on base in AAA. Buddy Kennedy seems to be a pretty good option at this point. Yeah, um, that should be interesting. Uh, he's also a right-handed hitter, I believe. There you go. You um, found a right-handed hitter. Yay, infielder. there he is. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we'll see what how much playing time he gets, and it could a lot. It, it could have to do a lot with Tel Marte and his hamstring. Um, it'd be interesting to see who gets sent down. Like I said, Paven Smith has... Not been good this year. He's hitting under 200 now on the season. Um, he has some flashes of power, but he's never really been a power guy anyway. But, I mean, for a guy who I would like to see more at first base than he's been playing the outfield, normally first basemen are power hitters. Um, that's So that's, that's my like, biggest issue. You, you brought up, I think you were the one that texted me. He's like, can you even think of a first baseman who doesn't have doesn't hit with power and I'm like there's not a lot not really like I couldn't think of anyone off the top of my head there's not really a lot of them so there's a couple things working against Paven Smith right now he was the first draft pick of the Mike Hazen era he was the first first round pick that they made as a front office yeah and with that comes I think a certain emotional attachment I'm not saying they're making the wrong decisions on his career because he was the first pick but you want that guy to turn out. I want that guy to turn out. Sure. And there's some pride that goes along with that. And if it's a failed experiment, that doesn't feel good. I mean, you're like, come on, this was my first big decision we right. made in the draft. Paven Smith, the thing that's working against him is you're right. He's not a power guy, and he's a traditional first baseman. So what they tried to do is they tried to turn him into a right fielder. And while he had an okay, you know, he would make impressive throws here and there and all that stuff, he's not a good right fielder. He's I just a, don't think the instincts are there. No, he's not a great outfielder. He's not fast. I mean, he's a first baseman. He's not fast. Yeah. And so they tried to make him something else because they had first baseman. They had Christian Walker, who is all of a sudden having a power surge. They have Seth Beer. They have Seth Beer, who didn't play well in the majors except for on opening day. And they sent him down to AAA, and he's still not playing well in AAA. So 
first base isn't really open to Pavin Smith right now. Then Carson Kelly comes back, moving Varsho back to the outfielder, but yeah. you've got this new kid named Alec Thomas who's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad that they realized Alec Thomas is awesome. Yeah. And so they said, you know what? Varsho's not a fit in center right now. We'll Move play him, him to in right. right. Yep. And Varsho is a better outfielder than Pavin Smith. So now it, to, it, and to it's Pavin, not Pavin's fault, but he's blocked at multiple and, positions. But now to to Pavin Smith's benefit, he's lucky the DH is universal and in yes. the National League now because True. he might have already been sent down. I don't know. Um, Hasn't Varsho been DHing a lot? And Varsho has. Right? Varsho was DHing, but now Tori Lovello said that Varsho's at bats are going to come in right field. Good. That's I like that. Pretty much where he's going to be playing. And Pavin Smith has been DHing the last few games. So. Um, we'll see, and then of course, you know, against lefties, it's different. All, it's not like Pavin's not getting at bats. He is. It's just that he's blocked at multiple positions. If he wants to grow into a, one of them, I don't know which one. Uh, it, he's just blocked right now. Maybe is it left field in the future when David Peralta? I mean, he's thirty four. I think he is. Uh, is it possible that it's in left? Maybe. But here's here's he's the, just not an outfielder. But here's the thing too. I, I don't think. I don't think Peralta will be back next year. I mean, he's in his mid-30s. This is the last year of his contract. I mean, so that clears up an outfield spot. But I think that's clearing the outfield spot for Corbin Carroll. Not, not Pavin this Smith. season, though. Not the, I know not this season. Next year. For next year. When Peralta... I think Peralta's not coming back. I, don't, I think this is his last year with Arizona. Okay. I think he'll leave in free agency if he's not traded. Uh, at the trade deadline, which is possible, which is still a possibility, but and so for next year that opens an outfield spot, but I don't think it's going to be for Pavin Smith. I think it'll be for a guy like Corbin Carroll this year. Let's say if Peralta gets traded this year, then yes, Pavin Smith there will be an outfield spot open. They'd probably move Varsho to left, and then Pavin Smith would play right, or maybe Pavin Smith plays left. I don't know. Usually the worst defender plays left, but I don't know. There's just not a huge but, I mean, clamoring for a guy who's a contact-only hitter who's hitting below 200. I mean, he's, <laughs> like, it, what is the point it, of that? 194 at-bats, he's hitting 191. And that's a contact guy. Eight home runs, 27 RBIs. His on-base percentage is 274. By the way, not getting home, on base. eight home runs is not that bad at this point in the season. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. But when your on-base is 274 and you're hitting below 200 and you're known as a contact guy... He's not playing to his to his typical characteristics, and I would rather have the typical characteristics than a few extra homers. I, I and mean, two hundred. Christian Walker hasn't been much better other than he's hitting home runs. I mean, Christian he's Walker crushing the ball. Christian Walker's hitting two hundred one with a two ninety eight on base percentage. Yeah, it's but not great, but he has sixty. He has double the home runs that Pavin Smith has. It's not great, but he's hitting the ball over the wall when it yeah. counts. Yep. And so for that reason, I'm not going to laud Christian Walker. I'm not going to say he's one of the best first basemen in the game. No. It's not to that level, but at least he's got the power numbers. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for Pavin Smith. I want him to work out because he is a younger guy. He is on a controllable contract. I would love for him to figure it out and then be the, the first baseman. When Christian Walker is gone, because I think, I think as long as Christian Walker is here, Christian Walker is playing first base. Probably he's a better defender over there. He like he hits for power, not much for average, or gets on base a lot. But, but he a hits, ton of first basemen are like that. Sure, um, but I don't know. I I just don't think. I think they have a lot more better options in the outfield 
coming coming up yeah in the next couple years than Paven Smith so if his future isn't at first base I don't know where it is and he I mean the DH is not being used like it used to be either it's just basically okay whoever we have an extra header now who wants it's a rotation yeah, thing yeah it's not you don't have David Ortiz anymore Edgar Martinez that not these many guys just hit or Nelson Cruz Nelson is still Cruz. around but like that's about it a guy that's just going to hit a bunch of home runs in the DH spot that doesn't really exist anymore like Dalton Varsha was DHing for a little bit you know because with the Diamondbacks Carson Kelly's back but they really like Jose Herrera and a lot of pitchers like him. Madison, he's Madison Bumgarner's personal catcher. So he needs he plays at least once every five days. That's a huge compliment to a rookie, by the way. Yeah. A guy like Madison Bumgarner is like, I want you to catch me. And I don't it, Madison Bumgarner doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who does that just to give a young guy a confidence boost. It's it's like it's, like, it's about him at this point in his career, and it should be. It's like in Which catcher makes me best? It's like in 07. When Randy Johnson came back, Miguel Montero was his catcher. And they that's when they had Chris Snyder, too. And Chris Snyder was playing every day. Probably better offensively, too. Yeah. Miguel Montero at the time wasn't Miguel Montero yet. He was still a young kid. But that's who caught Randy Johnson. And like I bet that was like, holy crap. Randy Johnson wants me? It's probably the same thing. Like, Jose Herrera's like, Madison Bumgarner wants me to catch him every five days? Right. Holy crap. That's awesome. I'm a rookie. <laughs> That's almost better than being I, the starter. By the way, I love Jose Herrera because the Diamondbacks, at least at the top of their rotation, have dudes that are like chippy. Madison Bumgarner is just always pissed off at something. Did you see when they were playing the Reds in Cincinnati? Joey Votto, it, it was kind of a stupid milestone. He like hit his 800th career extra base hit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's probably got a lot of those milestones so in his career. Mad Bum gets the ball back, uh-huh. and he turns around, and the umpire is like, "Give me the ball! Give me the ball!" And he goes, "What? Why?" He goes, "He freaking chucks the ball out of bound, out of play, like pissed off." And he's just like, I'm like, I don't know why he'd want that ball anyway. Joey Votto just hit a double off you. But like, <laughs> and then he gets the ball back. He's just so pissed. I'm like, he's just always mad. And then, you know, of course, that of course what happened with in Miami with the whole weird hand massage. Oh, yeah. And the umpire never looked at him and then Zach, or looked at him the whole time. Never looked at the hand. And then so this is I promise this is about Jose Herrera. Okay. And then and then yesterday, uh, Zach Gallen is just just chirping back and forth. The home plate umpire. He was not he was not happy with what some. So there was a play yesterday where Albert Almora Jr., Swung and missed at a ball, and he swung and missed at it. But the home plate umpire ruled that he foul tipped it, uh, and replay showed he did not. And Zach Gallen was pissed off about it because then he gave up a single, and the, on two pitches later, and and then uh, and then the next batter or the next inning, a guy foul tipped a ball like that. The same thing, a curveball down in the dirt. The guy foul tipped it, and you could see Zach Gallen go, "That's a foul tip." That's a foul tip. And the home plate umpire started like kind of chirping back. And what about Jose Herrera? I love. He stands up and gets in the umpire's face. It's like he sticks up for his pitchers. And I love it. Well, and I I love it. I think, too, part of that, and you see this in the NBA, too, is when you're the rookie and the superstar is about to get ejected. (laughs) 
you get ejected. That is your job as the rookie is to get in the middle of that. And if anyone's yeah. going to get thrown out, yeah. it's me it, because we don't need me. We need Gallon. The same thing happened in, in in Zach Gallon's last start, not yesterday, but the start before that, where he was getting all pissed. The home plate umpire strike zone. And remember, did you when the umpire like started walking towards the mound, yelling at Zach Gallon? Yeah, Jose Herrera was the feet. Chucked off his mask, he took it off his mask and stood in front of him. And then, of course, Tori Lavello ran out and said, Yeah, he got ejected instead of Gallon. So, like, that's what you do as a manager. I love Jose Herrera. Yeah, I love that he does that. It's awesome. Anyway, I forgot what we were talking about. No, I, that, Jose Herrera. I'm awesome. glad that that's what we pivoted to. Jose Herrera is awesome. Uh, I think we touched on it very briefly, but Luke Weaver is back. Um, he is starting on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know how long he's gonna go because his last appearance, he came out of the bullpen. They used an opener in Philadelphia. It was Kyle Nelson. He pitched an inning, and then Luke Weaver went three innings. And he was, I mean, at time, he was Luke Weaver. At times, he looked great. Like, he was striking guys out. He was getting, uh, he had a couple scoreless innings. And then another time, he, I think he gave up a home run. I can't remember. He gave up a run. It's just like, who are you, man? Yeah. I mean, listen, you and I talked about this in the last couple of weeks when they put him on the 60-day IL I said, I figure that he's probably not going to be tendered a contract next year. Just the way that things have been going. I mean, he's with only his got trajectory. one arbitration year left. I get it. Um, now he's back sooner than expected. He's getting a start on Saturday. I'm not saying that Saturday is a make it or break it. Like if he does poorly, that they're going to can him in the middle of the season. But I'm not going to back down from my original take. I think I think that he's in the situation where if things don't go great before the end of the season. Yeah. I don't see a reason to bring him back. You'll be happy to know that he also has switched his delivery the way Robbie Ray did in summer camp in 2020. Oh, summer he camp. He is bringing I his remember. hands up over his head and before he releases the ball. But this time, I'm not as scared of it because Brent Strom probably told him to do it. And Brent Strom is some wizard master. He is a wizard. That's for sure. Interesting. What's the latest Dallas Keuchel update that you heard? Um, The last thing I heard was... Brent Strom, I think I read it on Twitter somewhere. It might have been Steve Gilbert, but I can't. He remember. traveled with the team. Yeah, he was. He's technically in AAA. I think he's on the taxi squad, isn't he? I think so. Technically, I think so. But I don't. I don't really know what's up with it. The last thing I think I saw was Brent Strom saying they're still building him up. Right, which makes sense. Um, I get that. So uh, I'm trying to see if I can find it on Twitter, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. Um, yeah, so uh, that's the that's the last thing I saw um, with Dallas Keuchel. Um, so I don't know because he does he has that opt out in his contract. If he's not called up to the major league club by the end of June, he can opt out of his contract. Right. So we got two so, weeks. To yeah. That so out. I'm guessing we'll see him in. I'm guessing we're going to see him in that spot in the rotation where Luke Weaver is starting on Saturday because that's the revolving door now that Humberto Castellanos is injured. That was his spot. And it's been, you know, it's been Tyler Gilbert. It's been an opener and Kyle Nelson and then Luke Weaver. And now on Saturday, it's Luke Weaver again. So I'm guessing we'll see Dallas Keuchel at some point before the end of the month just so that he doesn't opt out of his deal. And and if we don't see him, there's probably a good reason for it. And if he opts out, oh, well. Two days ago, uh, our own Jake Anderson from ArizonaSports.com tweeted that Brent Strom said he was going to go see Dallas Keuchel. 
on Thursday at Salt River Field. So that was today. So I guess that was sometime today that that happened. So I'm guessing that he's doing simulated games. I think the first one, if I remember right, he threw five innings, 80 pitches, something like that, um, which is a decent outing, I would say. Yeah. I mean, they're they're revving him up. They're trying to get him ready to make a start with yeah. the Diamondbacks. And like you said, it'll happen before the end of June, or it won't. And if it doesn't, there's probably a good reason for it. And if he right. opts out, he opts out. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think we'll see him. Uh I don't think this is. I mean, I obviously don't think Luke Weaver. This is Luke Weaver's job in the rotation to lose now, just because he's starting on Saturday. I think he's just starting. He might not even go. He might still be go be being built up to go longer. But I mean, he only went three innings in his first game back in Philly. I'm guessing he might go four or five. Depends on the pitch count, probably, but. Um, I'm interested to see what Luke Weaver does. I'm still interested. I'm rooting for the guy. Honestly, I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed, but he just hasn't been able to. I did a thing on Twitter uh, oh. that has people riled You're going to just... I, I did a We're thing. We're going to end this on just like, oh, misery. Yeah, this is what Great. I do. I, I bring the mood down. Fantastic. Um, so last night, I kind of had this realization um, after watching Brandon Drury... <laughs> Destroy the Diamondbacks. Dude. By the way, let's just start there. Brandon Drury. Great season he's having. Yeah. I would say resurgent, but he never really had a good season to begin with, so this <laughs> is more of an emerging season. I think his best year before this year was he had a decent year in Toronto. One of his years in Toronto. But even then, I think he got DFA'd from Toronto, and then he got DFA'd from New York, and now he's in Cincinnati, and I think they brought him in on a minor league deal, and now he's a stud at yeah. third base. So with that context... I was also looking at, we've talked about plenty of times recently, Paul Goldschmidt is on track to be the MVP in the National League. Still is. Yeah. Still tearing the ball off the cover. We talked earlier in this podcast tearing the cover about... off the ball? Did I say ball off the cover? Yeah. Well, Doesn't you make know, any wh- sense. Whatever. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. We okay, all know whatever. You know. Doesn't matter. Jazz Chisholm, we talked about earlier in the podcast, is one of the most exciting players in baseball. So, with what I just said alone, you can make up an infield of former Diamondbacks, Paul Goldschmidt, MVP... Jazz Chisholm, most exciting. <laughs> Brandon Drury, emerging. Dansby Swanson. World Series champ. Champion. And in the outfield, let's just throw in Starling Marte, who's a pretty darn good center fielder all- nowadays. All-star. All-star. And J.D. Martinez. All-star. D.H. slash right field, I guess. All-star. That right there is almost a full lineup of former Diamondbacks. Relatively recent Diamondbacks, by the way. Most of these guys were within I the mean, organization you- in the last five years. If this is six, if this is six of your nine players in the starting lineup, that's pretty dang good. That's a damn good team, dude. <sighs> Paul Goldschmidt. I, now here's the thing, and the reason that it's riling people up on Twitter is I tweeted those six names, right? Yeah. And I just said, what could have been for the Arizona Diamondbacks? I understand. I've been getting a lot of tweets. Well, they couldn't have kept all those guys. They're I mean, too expensive. They're the not team's wrong. salary would be two hundred fifty million, which is a little much. But <laughs> my point is. Those are all names that they could have kept that are now having success elsewhere. I realize the Diamondbacks were not going to sit around for five years waiting for Brandon Drury to become relevant. I get that. I realize they couldn't afford to pay J.D. Martinez as much as, oh, I don't know, the Boston Red Sox. Sox. I realize that they had to trade Goldie, or at least they thought they had to trade Goldie, because they didn't think they would want to pay him long term. I disagree with it. I don't think it turned out very well, but I at least understand why they did it. There's no excuse for the Starling Marte thing other than you didn't want to pay him $12 million? Turns out he's worth more than that. 
Dansby Swanson. No I excuse mean, for the Swanson deal, although yeah. that was a former regime. That was that Dave was, Stewart. and of course, I mean, at the time, that was that was like peak Nick Ahmed, right? Like where he was the like best. He, it was not even a doubt that he was the best fielding shortstop in in Major League Baseball at that time. Yeah, but Dansby Swanson. But was I know, a top I know. Pick, but yes. And he wasn't even going to be on the team the next year. I mean, probably he, not. He's going to be in the minor Although, leagues. Although he came up in Atlanta very he quick. He did. And he's now their short, everyday shortstop. So and he's a Jazz, decent hitter, too. I mean, Jazz. We talked about Jazz earlier. I, I'll say it again really quickly. I understand the trade. You got your best pitcher in the organization from that trade. So it's not a bad deal. Right, I get that. Right. But he is one of the most exciting players. Probably, if you needed to pick a second baseman right now for to build a franchise around, I don't know that there's anyone other than Jazz I would pick it's in like, all of baseball. It's like you. I find maybe? myself asking, they couldn't trade anyone else for Zach Callen. Like, Perdomo didn't do it for him, or, probably you know, not. like, probably Blaze not. Alexander, nobody else. He was too deep, too no, deep in nobody the else. system. Nobody else. No, I, I see what you mean, but... It's not that I'm they had saying to trade Jazz Chisholm. It's not that I'm saying all six of these guys should be on the roster right now. JD Martinez yeah. was five years ago, by the way. Like I'm not saying they should have all been on and the And of course, if team they had today. paid Paul Goldschmidt, there'd probably be nothing left for a guy like JD Martinez. Right. And or um, vice versa. But I mean it's so hard to think that way, like, oh, they should have all these guys because like who knows if they make some of those trades, you know what I mean? What what really bugged me was that all of those guys I just listed are having career years. Yeah. Including the guys who have been all-stars before, like Martinez and Goldschmidt. You know what I mean? Like Dansby Swanson's having a really good season to so see far, too. six position players having a career year on other teams <laughs> when they could have been Diamondbacks yeah. just hurts. It's, it's the same thing that you and sucks. I have talked about Scherzer for years. We've you, known he's a top pitcher. If you pitcher went to pitchers, years. then yes, we, there'd be, well, there'd and I be Max at, Scherzer. I looked at the pitchers today, too, like uh. former D back pitchers who are doing well. There's really only three uh, Max Scherzer, duh. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Daniel Hudson yeah. is a really good reliever the with World the Dodgers. Series champion. And we've known that. He's been on other teams that have done well in the last couple of years. And Brad Boxberger's been really good. <laughs> what? How? He was so bad. ERA's under three, whips under one. Man, you know who's not pretty good? You know who's not doing well? Former D-back pitcher? Patrick Corbin. Well, yeah. Man. He's been rough for a he's while. He's got though. like a seven ERA. Yeah, I mean, last year was bad. I too. mean, the Nationals <laughs> the Nationals got their World Series championship with him. The problem for the Nationals was it came in his first year of his contract, of his Big contract that he signed, and also Strasburg was healthy in that season. He hasn't been healthy since then. Ooh, I saw the numbers on Strasburg the other day. He's got, I think it was four years left at $35 million not apiece. Good. He's only pitched like eight games in the last couple seasons. They brought him back off the injured list. He got roughed up, and then they put him right back on the injured list. Not good. My whole thing with my tweet is just simply like... You, call, like, you like to cause of, misery and pain. That's fine. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm not causing it. I'm just gently reminding you of your pain. Thanks. It's receding pain that I brought back to the surface. That's all it is. Okay. You don't have to remind me. I mean, you don't have to remind me. 
I just know, I live. I never let go of this pain. Listen, all I'm saying is I know we get. More I'll never people, let go. More people listen to the podcast when we bring up bad stuff than good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're looking for clicks, are you? That's how sports radio works: is more people call into the post game show when you lose than when you win. <laughs> and all I'm saying is I'm looking around the league and I see a lot of former Diamondbacks hitting home runs. And I wish they were hitting them in Arizona with the Diamondbacks. <sighs> anyway, just want to leave you with that little note. The next month is going to be uh, very important for the Arizona Diamondbacks as we established. They've got a series coming up against Minnesota. Also, new Diamondback Buddy Kennedy. We expect to see him uh, at least with the team Sounds tomorrow. Sounds like tomorrow. Sounds like he might be debuting tomorrow, according to John Gambadoro. So I'm excited to see that as well. Thanks so much for Bye, checking out buddy. the podcast. <laughs> Be fine, your dad. Thanks for checking out the podcast this week. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher as well. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.